We are into the National Hockey League season, and we are following all the trends around the world of goaltending. This is In Goal Radio, the podcast, the presentation of The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, and Source for Sports Surrey. That's all one umbrella, and they can take care of you and your goaltending needs. Here with the co-founders of In Goal Magazine, David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley. Out of the gate, uh, we want to make sure that you know about our feature interview this week, uh, brought to you by Sensorina. And it is the Team Canada tandem from the most recent World Junior Hockey Championship, Dylan Grand and Devin Levi. And they have uh, come together in a spectacular conversation that uh, you cannot miss. And we'll also spend some time over at the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports Surrey, Woody, where they can take care of every need that you have. Absolutely. And not only can they take care of all your goaltending needs, whether it is the latest in equipment and a whole bunch of new stuff coming in here for the spring that they'll be debuting and talking about and reviewing with us, uh, but past models, whether it's accessories, full set, head to toe, set you up, make sure it fits not just your body, but your game, your style. Uh, these guys understand it. And right now you can pretty much get anything in the store at a discount. Um, there are sales that have been on for a while now. Uh, some some that are really marked down, things like, say, the Bauer Supreme um, chest protector, not the ultrasonic, but the 2S Pro, the pass model, uh, marked down steeply in the 40 to 60% range. So some items still like that, things we've talked about over the past few weeks, but also uh, things that aren't marked down, things that aren't normally on sale. Make sure you check it out in goal 20. Use the promo code at checkout in goal 20. And save yourself 20% on non-sale items. Exclude some map items. Um, but just basically go on there, check it out, enter the code. Chances are you save 20% uh, on pretty much anything that's not already on sale. So great deals in the store. Uh, great deals online at thehockeyshop.com. Great service from Cam and his crew. They'll make sure you get set up, not just with the best price gear, uh, but the best gear for your body, your shape, your style, and how you play the position couple of kits that caught my eye. Uh, I really like what Jake Allen's doing, and I love the mask. What do you think, Hutch? Jake Allen set up the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's got that that retro look, and uh, I've actually got a set that's not far off it, quite a bit older. Uh, yeah, I love the, love the throwback, love the simplicity. Uh, quite in contrast to Pricer's mask, which we enjoy too as a work of art, but uh, that simplicity and that team design, I uh, really love it. What else do you like out there, Darren? The... Mark Andre Fleury, when he added the gold mask to the gold sweaters that the team wore for the first time, and Fleury was in goal for, uh, we're calling it around here the C3PO look. There you go. Which there, there's there's a lot there. Like it, it's a really neat Shane Knighty, who I work with on the uh, Vegas Golden Knights broadcast. He's a defenseman. He doesn't get into our area very often, but he couldn't stop talking about how much that looked like uh, just an awesome awesome kit uh hutch and woody and in a couple of uh gear changes there right um yeah. jake allen going with uh the true by lefave uh l87 line kind of like uh, as hutch mentioned he has a retro flex that has a similar look to it interesting that allen's still in that brian's glove that he started using last season remember he talked to us and we have it on ingle premium so if you want more information on his preferences and his setup Talk to us about how much he loved that glove. I do know through the pro reps that he has been trying uh, a true glove as well, 590 and 600 breaks, and he's got some more on the way. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he switches and gets something that matches. But I thought the Brian's look matched with the you know simple red logo across the cuff. 
um, kind of fit, even though it was a different brand. I thought that looked good. And of course, Marc-Andre Fleury with the uh, Le- the true by Lefebvre uh, L4.1 model, which is kind of like the old CCM Premier, uh, sort of continuing with that. I love Darren. To me, the beauty of that setup is not just the match and the gold, still with the red straps on the back. And he talked to us about that last year. Like he just, he's got a little old school in him, in his style and in, in his equipment. And he doesn't care about a little extra weight with the with the red straps. But I love that he, he adds that style element, the flair that he talked about having. Hey, got to be unique, got to stand out, got to have the red straps. So I love that. I just never heard a Goldie compared to a droid before. So that was, uh, that was neat. You know who also has a sneaky good look going? Is John Gibson of the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the pads, uh, the mask, uh, he's, he's got it going. It, it's really, really sharp. Uh, a little bit more detail to it, but uh, I've been I, I was impressed. He's off to a good start. Well, and did, I haven't seen the mask. Is that the the uh, Gihi Bear tribute? Because I saw one on on social and Instagram, but I'm not sure if I haven't seen him play in, in action. Is that what he's wearing? Because it's a beauty. Yes, nice. Yes, and uh, and just the, the the pads really jump out at you, and, and he's going. Uh, Semyon Varlamov uh, has a more uh, traditional look, but what jumped out to us was his strong play. And how he was wearing his gear. Uh, do we want to talk about the strong play for it? We should acknowledge that. Uh, two shutouts uh, to start the year. Uh, nobody's uh, done three in a long, long time. We're talking modern era to, uh, to the past in the National Hockey League. So that's, that's pretty cool to break from the gate uh, with uh, back-to-back bagels. Yeah, that's nice. But it could have been three if he had made it through warm-up the other night. Little high heat, little buzz the tower, got him under the neck. And I know that this is going to bring us to a pet peeve for you, Darren, because he actually had a dangler on. So what's the point? He doesn't wear it right. No. He wears it too short. It, it's up high underneath. Don't You're just poking the barrier. Just a you're little bit. You're trying to get me going a little bit. Just a bit. little bit. I, I don't understand why you, why you would wear a dangler and cover up the chin and the... and everything that goes along with the paint job and all that presentation, uh, let it do what it's supposed to do. Dangle and protect your neck and your collarbone. It'd be like, it'd be like having a cup and pulling it up higher on your waistband. Exactly. And who would ever do that? Really? What are you, what are you protecting at this point? <laughs> uh, and it hurt his jaw too. It wasn't uh, like the collarbone or the neck or anything. He actually hurt his jaw. Uh, that was the injury that, that forced him out. But, Boy, was he ever was he ever good in the, in those first two games, uh, right out of the gate. And you wonder just how much uh, the Colorado Avalanche do they ever regret making that decision? Because Barlama has been very good for uh, the New York Islanders in his time there. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, how many, you got to wonder how, whether it would have been the same if he stayed in Colorado. Let's not forget he was a Vesna Trophy finalist. I think in what was it twenty fourteen finished second behind Tuka Rask. And, and frankly, as much as we love Tuka on this podcast, that year, you know, if, if anybody had actually been able to quantify the, you know, sort of the, the workload and the di- degree of difficulty of the saves, um, Varley probably should have won that award by the numbers that I've seen that, that season. So it's not like the track record isn't there. He ran into injury problems, had the double hip surgery now that he's healthy. But yeah, you, you do wonder, is it the same level? You know, if he doesn't go to New York and Barry Trot's system... Mitch Korn, Piero Greco working with him, tightening up a few things. So it's easy to sort of wonder and if there's any regrets in Colorado, but I wonder if he'd, you know, if he'd be necessarily the same goalie or or frankly, just given how well the Islanders defend, 
you know, had the same success in a different environment. Uh, we saw the goalie carousel during the NHL free agency stage, and now we have a sequel to it happening in the American Hockey League. Woody, can you take us through what's transpired early on before the American Hockey League even starts? I actually don't even know if I can. That's how crazy it is. Just like an absolute <laughs> like roller coaster, merry-go-round, guys getting tossed all over the place. Listen, what started it all, obviously, is Corey Crawford deciding to walk away from the game and retire and, and just wasn't into it in New Jersey. And that left them with a pretty big hole. So now all of a sudden you have a team that has a need in goal and a whole bunch of goalies that have to go on waivers, not even not just to get to the American League, but even to get to the taxi squad. If you're waiver eligible, you had to clear just to get to the taxi squad. Everybody looked at Aaron Dell, um, the, probably the most experienced or at least most recent experienced in the NHL, uh, who was cast in a number three role and had him targeted. What really messed things up to me, though, um, wasn't just Jersey, but it was Carolina. Carolina claims Anton Forsberg, who'd been in their system before, from the Edmonton Oilers. And the only reason they claimed him was as protection, because they expected to lose um, Nedeljkovic when they put him on waivers the following day to get him to their taxi squad. He's 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 a Calder Cup champion. He's an American Hockey League Goalie of the Year. He's a prospect that a lot of people like. He handles the puck well. They thought they would, good chance they're going to lose him. So they grabbed their insurance policy the day before. Well, 24 hours later, Nadelkovich gets through waivers. And frankly, there's a big part of me that says, if you're Edmonton, why didn't you claim him? Uh, and I realized he's got to sit two weeks to get up north because he's got the quarantine from America to Canada. It's a two week. And they thought they'd be okay without him. So they don't claim him. As soon as he gets through waivers, Carolina puts Forsberg back on waivers. Okay, no problem. Edmonton puts a claim in to get Anton Forsberg back. Only one problem. The New Jersey Devils had already claimed Eric Comrie in the meantime as Winnipeg tried to get him down to the taxi squad. Now Winnipeg has a hole. So what does Winnipeg do? They claim Anton Forsberg, who, by the way, hasn't actually left Canada in that 24-hour period which means the Jets can fly him straight into Winnipeg and get him involved right away. No two-week quarantine. The Oilers don't get Forsberg back. They're missing a number three goalie. Okay, short term, we got Stuart Skinner, a prospect without much pro experience. Well, guess what? Mike Smith gets hurt. He's on LTIR. Minimum 10 games, 24 days he's out. So late this month, you know, probably into early February. Still don't know the specifics. All I was told, it was just an unpredictable fluke that happened to him. But he's going to be out a while. Edmonton needs a goalie. They go out and claim Troy Grosnick on waivers. Troy Grosnick's driving up from Los Angeles to Edmonton. Eager to get there, because this is a hell of an opportunity for him. We had Troy on the podcast uh, during the offseason. We talked to Billy Ranford. They were big on him. They liked him for this opportunity. He's had three of his past four years in the American Hockey League have been like 920 level. He's been really good down there. A lot of people that I talk to and trust think he's ready for this opportunity. Just so before you continue, before you continue, go back and I listen br- to that episode breathe. because Troy Grosnick is an unbelievable storyteller and can paint the picture of what he's gone through in, in his life and goaltending. Uh, awesome. We'll put it on the show notes, uh, that episode, because Troy Grosnick, is, he'll instantly become uh, a favorite of yours. Yes, and what we should have is have him back on here in the near future to talk about his journey because right. he goes he goes racing up to Edmonton. He's eager for this opportunity. They tell him to get there. I think they told him to get there like Monday. He's like ready to cross the border on Sunday. Phone goes off. Troy, 
he maybe just not crossed the border just yet. Aaron Dell has finally been placed on waivers by the Toronto Maple Leafs, who in the meantime had actually used Dell as a backup with their number two, Jack Campbell, getting a start in Ottawa and giving Freddie the night off, which I loved as a philosophy. But because of salary cap problems, they couldn't keep all three on the roster. So they finally, thinking that the, the Oilers have got their goalie, everything's settled down, they finally put Dell on waivers. And Jersey, despite the fact they already have Eric Comrie and Scott Wedgwood and Cormier in their system now, they claim Dell. But Edmonton had made a claim. So Troy's driving up, and all of a sudden he gets this call from his agent. Yeah, they'd like you to wait in Montana. Oh, just in case Edmonton gets Dell. Spend the night in Montana, because if Edmonton gets Dell, they're probably putting you back on waivers. Although, you know, given the absence, I don't know why you wouldn't just keep all three. But Troy's like, he has to quarantine and he's out for a while. And he would have, at least I guess they did him a service. Like if he had gone back on waivers, the Kings are going to reclaim him. So at least if he hadn't crossed into Canada, it would have been an easy, but he drove from Cali up. So like, just like, I get it. And for him, waivers is a good thing because it's given him an opportunity to join the Oilers and probably get a chance, a real chance to play. And that's what waivers is all about. He's, he's on his way to Edmonton right now, but of course, Edmonton is on their way. Actually, they arrived already in, I believe, Toronto to start a road trip through Toronto and Winnipeg. And so Troy is in Edmonton doing his quarantine. When the team returns on the 28th, he'll be eligible to join them. That should be a good ending story, and the waiver wire worked in that situation. But man, when you add in the borders, what this has done, certainly not a great deal for Eric Comrie, gets claimed by the Jets, and now they've picked up Dell. And so he'll be part of it. Where does Eric go? Does he end up back on waivers? Do the Kings claim him to make up for the loss of Grosnick? Or do the Jets reclaim Comrie, put Forsberg on waivers, Edmonton reclaims Forsberg, put Grosnick back on waivers, LA claims him and everybody ends Uh, up where they were, except... They've all had to do quarantines moving around the place. None of them have played in a while. And in the meantime, if you're the Oilers, you're heading to Toronto and Winnipeg. And tip of the hat, although I'm wearing a toque, to Hutch, who called this in the preseason when I said there were no e-bugs allowed this year. Guess who's going to need an e-bug in Toronto and Winnipeg? The Edmonton Oilers. Because they don't have a third goalie anymore. He's stuck in quarantine. They are down to Miko Koskinen, and Stuart Skinner, and they can't even practice normally right now because they don't want to take a chance of getting either guy hurt. You know, the Semyon Varlamov high heat? Shooters aren't allowed to shoot high on these guys in practice, and the shooter tutor comes out pretty early because they cannot risk an injury. They've got a goalie sitting in Toronto on a hotel right now. He's been in Toronto since this situation started in a hotel. Uh, I believe it's actually, it might be Jordan Cooey, a guy I've worked with at Hockey Canada at the POE in the past. I think he might have been a Vegas draft pick. You guys just didn't sign down there, Darren. He is in a hotel in quarantine as the e-bug for the Oilers while they're in Toronto. Can't practice with the team. Won't be around the team. He's just there, much like the Zamboni driver, in case of emergency break glass. And they've got another goalie from the University of Manitoba who's doing the same thing in Winnipeg, waiting to be that e-bug just in case when they head there to play the Jets later in the week. Wow, I haven't stopped so, talking in a while, but like that was fun. Even though teams are required to have three goaltenders, waivers screwed that up. You can't, I mean, 
yeah, they're required to have three goaltenders. And I guess technically the Oilers have three on the roster, but they can't access one of them. Right. Like because of quarantine, because of the borders, because of the waiver situation, the Oilers without an e-bug can't fulfill the NHL requirement to have Amazing. three goaltenders. And wow. Hutch called it all. Told you so. Told you so. He did. And I told him he was wrong and he is absolutely right. So Hutch, I'm eating a ton of crow right now. And yeah, I bow down to your wisdom. <laughs> How does that taste? Like, well, okay, we won't go there. But a little chewy, little chewy. I've, 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 I've heard. Anyway, I, I, I try not. I, to I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I live in a house with three vegans, so I've had worse. <laughs> uh, let's uh, take a, a bit of a, a break from our conversation and uh, check in with things uh, at uh, the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports, Surrey, and uh, Cam is standing by this week on the gear segment. The guys go through the knee pads. I love it. I got mine from the hockey shop, thehockeyshop.com, and uh, I think that this is going to be very valuable for everybody to go through one of the more important pieces of equipment, uh, but uh, equipment that has a very, very personal preference to all of us. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. We're down here with Cam Matwiv in Goalie Utopia. And today we're going to talk about an important, though often overlooked, uh, part of goaltending equipment. Uh, one that is crucial, especially as you go up in the levels. But frankly, you should probably start getting used to it at a younger age. Knee pads. Most of your pads are built to be used with them. And yet some of you still aren't using them properly. So Cam, we, we, I was over there checking it out. Um, tons of options from all the different brands, from youth up to senior, um, sizing, fit. Walk us through. We're going to go through some, some models here today, some various models. But what are the, what's the first question you ask when somebody says, I need some knee pads? Well, first of all, were you wearing knee pads in the past? Uh, is, and be honest, how, I'm surprised still at how many people say no. Those of you that are out there that are listening and or watching, you know who you are. Hey, listen, I give the lectures here. Well, danger. Actually, there, quick story uh, on knee pads, and I was playing with you at one point, uh, and we were playing a little bit of three-on-three, -three, and I think you specifically remember uh, I took a slap shot off the knee, uh, and I was wearing knee pads, and it still um, managed to get, uh, get a pretty good bruise on my knee, and I couldn't imagine if I didn't have anything there, I probably wouldn't be walking. Cam has an exceptionally narrow butterfly. He doesn't do enough of Maria Mountain's butterfly wit training program. So narrow butterfly, it's like the old Jaguar, right? When you have that narrow butterfly and the pads can't close in front of you, you really do expose your knees. So Cam's lack of flexibility cost him on, on that particular day. Yes. Um, but it was a lesson that others can learn from. Exactly. So once we've answered that question, like uh, say I haven't worn one before. Say okay. I'm an idiot. No offense to those of you who aren't wearing them. Um, what's your first, like, wh like, where do we go from there? Well, the next thing question would be what, what kind of pads are you wearing? So this does kind of negate a little bit of what direction will take you. Like Vaughn still tends to have a bit of a tighter knee cradle. We don't want to be putting, you know, our biggest knee pad in there. Otherwise, you know, you're going to cause yourself some problems. So, you know, uh, whereas CCM is a pad that I know we've, we've talked about in our reviews over, over, over the years. Uh, specifically designed to have a almost like right up to a pro si style and size knee pad worn on that knee cradle. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, like almost all pads, you know, fresh pads nowadays that are on the wall currently are, are designed to be, you know, used in some sort of 
conjunction with an e-pad uh, and have different features to benefit. Um, it's just especially if you're coming some, from some older models. Um, well, some have like more that. room than others. Let's it, put it exactly, that way. Exactly. So, so figuring out how much room you have is the first step. And then what? You there are different options, different models that sort of take up more space both on the knee pad and in terms of protection? Correct, yeah. So now it's like, okay, how is this knee pad going to integrate with um, really, you know, everything that you're using? So even uh, the pant question kind of comes on next too. What pant are you wearing? If you have a narrow, uh, like, barrel inside the pant, you know, again, you can't use something too big. Um, some of the pants uh, also have different options to be able to lace the knee pad into them uh, and different integration standpoints. So um those are all quick questions that kind of come off off the bat next honestly is try stuff on um you got to create a bit of a preference especially if you don't have one um and the only way you can do that is get some on your knees um people that are shopping online this is something that's a little bit tougher to do um especially but some of the tips that i have um as you're looking in e-pads is that you want to kind of go you know feedback's worth dime a dozen uh, i'll be the first one to say that um that said you know Start looking at different options. You know, you know, that said, you usually can get a lot of good feedback. And sometimes if something's really positive and has affected the market, you know, and moved it forward in terms of for like knee pads and protection, you're gonna find a lot of positive reviews that will kind of help you navigate your way through the, the many different options. Or watch this video. That would be my first recommendation. We probably should have just started and finished. It was a that. really long-winded answer and to say, just watch it. Watch this video or listen to this podcast. So, and, and you talked about the, the pants and the integration. Obviously, when we went through the pants, we showed you the models that have different barrels in terms of the, you know, do they have NHL restricted in terms of the leg channel? Are they fully wide and square? And that'll, that'll tell you how much room you have, whether they tie in in there or whether you need to find another way to attach them. But let's just start going through them. Uh, I'm assuming starting with this, since you brought it out first, the Brian's Optic model, a little bit more of a squared off look. Where does this fit in terms of the scale of size and how it feels and fits? Yeah, so we're starting off strong here, uh, a, a little bit bigger. So just to clarify to you, I pulled six models here um, that are all sitting beside uh, Kevin. This isn't all that we carry. It's just kind of six ones that uh, were a quick, easy grab and then uh, one of my good go-tos. Uh, this Brian's Optic knee pad, uh, still a little bit newer, came out Two years ago, I think it is off the top of my head. Um, a great option in terms of for a pro level protection. Um, a little bit wider in terms of the coverage standpoint of it, but very, very protective in terms of the hard cap. You'll get something similar to that when you present down to the shooter with it actually sitting flush on the knee cradle. Um, lots of protection going up the extra thigh too. So if you happen to kind of get caught in a lean back situation or as you're sliding across, um, give you lots of protection. And some tabs at the top if you want to integrate it with either a garter or clips or your pants. That's correct. Yeah. So again, giving that flexibility of, you know, how you want to wear your knee pad. Um, for those that are watching, I'll give a little bit of a tip later on at the near the end of the video here. So a little bit of a teaser to stick along. Those that are listening, I'll try to explain it the best I can. All right. So let's take a look at some of the other options. Let's start with the Bauer one. This is, uh, this is a model that, you know... Um, you know, just looking at it, judging on it uh, in comparison to um, that that optic, just a little bit more of a streamlined fit would maybe be the way to describe this. Maybe not as bulky, not as big. If, you, if you're in a pad that maybe has a little less room or if you haven't worn knee guards before, this might be a great place to start. Correct. This is a very popular one. These Bauer Supreme knee guards. Uh, I'm an evolution from the older Supreme, the all yellow backing that uh, some of you may have uh, recognized and seen in the past. Um, Bauer's added a bit of pour on to the actual impact of where you land in the knee area to create a little bit more comfort inside of it as well. 
Uh, I like I like Poron. I also like, and I'm sure there are some parents of young goaltenders that are going to like left and right. So, you know, I mean, I had to think about which is my left and which is my right. Now, these are junior size that you've brought out because, I don't know, you think I'm a kid or something like that, but they don't quite fit on the knee so well. But I like left and right because uh, I'm not that bright. So, I, you know what, I think I just brought out this pair for one reason and one reason alone was just to show you that, that there is a left and right to the knee pads because uh, it's quite important. Velcro always on the outside is an easy way to remember. Um, again, obviously, the yeah, the size that fits. Fit that great. It's my, it's my monstrous calves that are the problem here. But hey, you know what? I have uh, I have guys um, that uh, that sometimes do go with a smaller set of knee pads, finding them a little bit tighter. Like the bottom line, as long as you're wearing something, that's a great start uh, in terms of fit wise. That is a bit preference. Obviously, that bottom anchor strap is going to be a little bit too tight for you to do. Um, that said, that's one of the reasons why this is a very good seller for us. This bottom anchor strap, when used properly and with the right size, really helps to keep the knee pad square and centered on the leg as opposed to sliding down, because that's always one of the things you're going to be chasing with knee pads, is that matter of slip. So we find this one anchors very well. Again, garter point attachments, which come in handy depending on how you want to wear your gear. Uh, very protected knee pad, hard cap on the top there, especially that's going to be covering your knee when you drop down. So uh, another great option. All right, where are we going next? That's, Moving on. That's the Bauer Supreme. Moving yep. on. What's next in terms of when we... Let's slide up that scale from small to big. Where, okay. do, where does the Vaughn fit in this one? So Vaughn fits actually somewhere in the middle. These SLR uh, knee pads, um, they consider it technically their mid option. Well, okay, there we go. All right. Another one with a left and a right to help Kevin. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So a little bit more basic actually with this one. Um, similar to the Bauer, but slightly different all at the same time. And that's the best part. Like if they made them all the same, why would I carry, you know, five different brands of knee pads? That said, uh, comes up a little bit wider on the knee. This one's going to fit you properly. So we'll get a good example here. Doesn't help the podcast, folks. Keep talking. <laughs> What's happening right now is he's getting a good taper all the way around. Um, there is a bit more bulk to this one. You can see this knee pad design has been around for quite a long time. Um, it's very familiar since uh, V3, I think they've had it. Um, this fits the in the Vaughn pad well. Itself. SLR Pro. Yep. But you get a good seal, especially when you drop down onto the knee cradle. It'll give you good protection across the knee. So let's go something really big and wild and crazy. So reach over and grab those CCM Pros. Oh, CCM Pro. This is, this is my kind of thing. This is actually the knee pad that I wear. So... If you were going to ask me what the biggest knee pad uh, I have uh, and carry, it's definitely these guys by far. Uh, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, if you're looking for a lot, a lot, a lot of protection, um, but while still having some good comfort, um, this is your guy right here. This is, this is a model that I see uh, in NHL locker rooms quite frequently uh, over the years. Obviously, we're not in the room this season, but this is a model I've seen over the years many times. As you'll see here as we do it up, and this is one that, I, like I said, I wear myself. Um, it does have, you can compare it side by side with the Vaughn SLR. Uh, it's got a bit of a wider profile. It's got a bit of a thicker protection. It's got the knee hinge. It's actually got a, you know, a screwed in hinge there on the sides. Um, good seal on the bottom, but also the plastic cap and their, their sort of their technology in terms of like helping absorb impact when you go down on the knees. And you can sort of see here. Yeah, pretty similar in profile, but just in terms of having that hard cap protection down on the bottom, that's something that I know a lot of goalies at the pro level like. And that's one of the things actually you called out as a good point. It's like a lot of these will look really big, especially in pictures wise, but once they actually get wrapped around your leg, you'll see how much they'll taper and, and wrap around. Um, 
Gone are the days of those super huge, and I'm sure you remember them, those Revoc, uh, Revoke knee pads. Uh, they were quite popular in the NHL, and that's where that, a lot of that Jiggy Fly kind of came about. Like, those things were, you know, indescribable on how big they well, were. Well, there were, there were models that were made in Switzerland. We've written stories about them. Alex Ald showed us some for a video a few months back. Our Ingold Premium members will be able to go check that out. The ones we're talking about, a lot of extra carbon fiber layers built over top of those standard Reebok models. Tell you a quick story. Eddie Lack actually used to wear one of these, and then over top of it, a Brian's Pro model that I have in the, have in the garage that was actually bigger. So he actually used to wear two. It was like having a pad over your knee. It was insane. Hey, I mean, if you're gonna take slap shots straight to the knee from like a Shea Weber or Zidane Chara, like I'll put as much on as I can get. All right. So KP Pro CCM KP Pro. This is this is sort of the biggest uh, the biggest model. As we talked about, the, the knee zone in the back kind of provides sort of a little spot. Um, I can't remember what they used to call it, ADP, or they used to, there was an actual technology involved in terms of making sure that they had it in their elbow pads as well, but making sure that that part of the joint that's kind of getting right in that hole and it would help sort of absorb some of that impact around it and behind it. All right. All right. So we'll, next on the, uh, on the- Last but not least. The Warrior. Yes. Actually- Two models here. We have we a, have two models. Ritual um, X2 Pro and Pro then Plus. Pro Plus. Well, yes. we got to get the Plus in there, and then also a Warrior RX2 Senior. And so, looks to me at first glance like what we're talking about here is the difference between um, within the same brand. Correct. A couple of different options in terms of how much protection and how much fit. Correct. Um, now, I'll level with everybody listening. These are my go-to knee pads. Um, be honest in terms of for design and things like that i really really like the warriors i find for the majority of people that get them on they tend to work well they're protective they don't slide as much as compared to some of the other knee pads that we carry um there's lots of different options in terms of integrating them with your pants um or even straight into the pad in some cases it's, they're just a great knee pad there you go sales pitch by cam so yeah if you the were looking at to kind of start out with definitely the warrior Okay, so in two different options, and one just fits a little, a little smaller, a little. So if you want to pass me that senior one really quickly, I'll show you what the differences are. So talk to us about the differences, because of course we've got the podcast and the simulcast video. So we'll start kind of at the actual landing portion where your knee actually sits. With the X or the Pro Plus, what you're getting is a bit more coverage in the knee. So if it does happen to open up a little bit, you actually have another layer of protection. Whereas here, it's just a bit of a flap, so it's a little bit narrower. Um, second, as you kind of go up to the actual uh, like thigh portion of the knee pad itself, this is a double layered cap as opposed to a single layered cap that you'd find in the senior. So again, you're getting that kind of additional level of protection depending on the level of your play. Um, I actually have the senior version. Um, I've been more than happy with it for quite a long time, um, over a number of years. Um, I've been found it's enough protection for me. However, if you are you know, playing maybe at a bit more of an elite level than me, which isn't saying much, or looking for a little bit more additional protection, that's where that uh, Pro Plus is going to come into play. Perfect, Cam. Thank you very much for walking us through. Like I said, um, give them a call. Where can they get a hold of you if you've got questions about knee pads and which models for you? 604-589-8299 or 1-800-HUTCH-HELP-ME-OUT. Sure, Cam. That number would be 1-800-567-7790 or visit thehockeyshop.com. You still haven't memorized that, eh? We're, I thought that was going to be a resolution for you. Yeah, it was. We're starting the ER off strong. All right. Well, from the Hockey Shop Source for Sports here in Vancouver, 
or all the suburbs, Surrey, British Columbia, from Goalie Utopia. I am Kevin, he is Cam. That has been your lesson on knee pads. And remember, these models that we walked you through, just the tip of the iceberg, he's got junior sizes, junior models for kids, some smaller fits, pretty much anything you need. He's got it on the wall over there, so make sure you give him a call if you need. Knee protection, we highly recommend it. That piece of equipment, the knee pads, is the area that I've struggled with over the years, trying to find the right model that to fit my game. Uh, I used I used the Warrior, bought it from the hockey shop. Uh, what do you guys use? Uh, I've got a set of Brian's. Um, okay. Yeah, they used to ship them. I don't know if they still do as as part of the pad, and uh, have hung on to those ever since. Really, really comfortable, and they they stay up well. Yeah, and that's uh, that's a that's one that sort of probably fits into that Brian's model into sort of smaller, narrower. Like, still has really good coverage, but not like that big, bulky, beefy one, which is what I wear, which is the CCM Pro one with the uh, the hinges on the side. I just find, yeah, I just oh, yeah. find it 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 doesn't slide down. I don't have to. You know, I don't have to wear a garter belt to keep it up or anything like that. One quick roll of tape on the bottom, knee locks in. And yeah, I've, let's be honest, I'm old. My butterfly tends to be narrow, the five hole exposed, and I've taken a few clappers right off the knee. And uh, unlike Cam, who uh, talked about it there during the episode, uh, I'll never forget that day where he went narrow butterfly and, and took one and could hardly walk after. So I wear mine properly, evidently, unlike Cam. So he gives great lectures, but then much like Semyon Varlamov and his dangler, um, he doesn't actually secure them in in the proper manner. Actually, I'm just kidding. Cam is actually, for everyone who just listened to that, make sure you watch the simulcast video. We've been running it for a while doing video shoots right. so you can see them as we go through the lines. Uh, you get a better visual when we talk about, you know, sort of small, medium, large in terms of profile of these knee pads. You'll have a much better visual. You have a much better visual of the backside of them, the extra protection, um, you know, a Vaughn that has a, a medium to large profile, but is very thin versus the CCM, which has a lot of extra padding versus Warrior, which you can have two options. Uh, and then the other one is, you know, the the Bauer one that has all the, the pour on to land on on the knee and a lot of extra comfort there. So really great visuals uh, in the video, but also a bonus video that'll come out later in the week. Cam actually walks us through how you should wear it. Again, ironic given he ended up with a bruise and a limp that day, but um, what shows us well, now he knows. Exactly. He learned. He's a learner, this camp. That's why his head's so big. <laughs> um, he he shows us how to properly put them on using socks, and he uses a garter belt. And so yeah, a lot of different options for everyone. Like you said, Darren, it's personal comfort. But when you have a guy, a resource like Cam Matwiv and, and the crew at the hockey shop sort of help you understand the options, how they're going to feel, how they're going to fit, and what's going to suit your game, I think it gets a lot easier. So we go to Cam for a little more advice and frankly, a little more ridicule when it comes to the bruise with a bonus segment on the video next week. I use the garter belt too, uh, rigged it up and it's, it's great. I, I, I can't believe I never went there before. Hmm. I know Hutch, you're shaking your head, but I tried uh, it, tried, tried it, just didn't like it. I, uh, I, I wear a garter belt too. Just not when I play hockey. <laughs> Excellent. That's, uh, that's the best line that I've heard from Woody in a long time. And, uh, and we, we do this every week and we, People should know that's witty Woody coming through. And he was grumpy at the start of this recording. So I love that, that this goaltending world that we live in has turned his whole approach upside down. And, and now you're smiling instead of frowning. I can't for you. help but smile when I'm around YouTube beauties. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to make you uh, grin ear to ear. 
we did the USA tandem last week in Dustin Wolf and Spencer Knight. This week, uh, we chat with the silver medalist from the World Junior Hockey Championship and the Team Canada tandem with uh, Devin Levi and Dylan Grand. And this is a really cool interview. Uh, two goaltenders from different leagues uh, that came together, and uh, I'm, I'm not sure how well they knew each other, Hutch, uh, at the start, because well, Levi wasn't really on the radar uh, no. before, the, before the summer camp. So uh, th- now uh, we have a friendship here. We have uh, admiration for each other, and this is, this is a cool little conversation that you've got cooking. They might not have known each other very well before, but they are tight, tight, close friends now, and uh, very, very similar personalities. Um, one a little bit more outgoing than the other, but they they mirror each other in so many ways. And you can see, you can hear that they didn't know each other very well before. Uh, when I ask one to reflect on the other's strengths, uh, the other guy turns around and says, "Wait, that's what I thought about you when I first saw you on the ice." And I thought. Um, you know, you can hear some of that sort of banter and back and forth and, and just so much, uh, fun and so much personality with both of them. And yet two incredibly well thought guys. I think, I think it will come through in this, that they are passionate about goaltending, um, to a, to another level. They play with detail, uh, to another level and they train with detail to another level. And I think, uh, it's something that's enabled both of them to have a lot of success and, uh, and we look forward to seeing them having a lot of success going forward. Let's step into Canada's crease with Devin Levi and Dylan Garan. The feature interview brought to you by Sense Arena VR. Here we are. Congratulations, gentlemen, on a fantastic tournament and a well-earned silver medal. And to you, Devin, I'm being named the uh, top goaltender in the tournament. Welcome to Ingoal Radio. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Good to have you here. So... Just as we get going here, you know, that was the longest time a team was together for this tournament under some some pretty unique circumstances. Um, you won all but one game with an incredibly talented group, though almost none of you had played a game in a long, long stretch, probably as, probably since you guys both started playing hockey, I would think. Um, and having a bit of time to reflect on on the whole experience, how are you feeling about it from both a personal and from a team perspective? And maybe we'll start with you, Devin. Yeah, sure. I mean... It, right after that finals game, um, wasn't feeling so good. Uh, it was it was definitely a, a hit to the heart for sure. Uh, we were really looking forward to to playing that game and hopefully winning. And um, it was it was definitely tough after the game. Um, but looking back on it um, is really when I I started to see like the value in in being there and how much how much of a great experience it was. How much I learned personally. And um, how much I enjoyed myself. So I think the beauty of it was looking back on it. And it's going to be an experience I'll, I'll be able to look back on for the rest of my life. Oh, that's great. I know it's tough like, right after a game, a guy sticks a mic in your face and says, how are you feeling about the game today? It's <laughs> nice you can have some time to decompress. Dylan, how are you feeling after the tournament? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, a bit of time has gone by now. So, uh, you know, been able to kind of look back at it. But, you know, it was pretty crazy honestly like time flew by ever since you know first day of camp uh, i remember when Devin was in his own little quarantine group with the other college guys and we were all skating and then you know we had the quarantine and, and stuff like that but it feels like it was forever ago and um you know i think the whole thing was was a pretty cool experience and you know definitely learned a lot like like Devin said and um 
you know, it was definitely a, a great experience and, you know, it's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Devin, you, I mean, you couldn't have done much more than you did. I don't think Uh 964 save percentage. I saw uh, six wins, three shutouts, 0.75 goals against average. Those are the best numbers for a Canadian goaltender ever. Um, what, what did you learn in the process of doing all that? What, what can you take away from it? Yeah. I mean, I honestly learned a lot from, from this guy, from, from Dell. I mean, right going in, going, going into the camp. Um, I didn't really know. Him, uh, and, uh, I think that, um, we, we, we connected like right away. I went up to him, asked him about, uh, his true gear he was wearing. Cause I never, never got introduced to it before. So, uh, we'll start some conversation and, I mean, we, we really fed off each other. I feel like in this tournament, um, on the ice, just watching each other. He's, he's the most, like a lot of goalies and goaltender coaches talk about being over your puck and he's the most over your puck you can get. So, um, watching him play definitely, um, I took some things out of his play and he's a really good goalie. And I think, uh, I think the, like the bond we had really helped us. Like, I think it's so important to have a good, good good support system with with your with your goalie partners and we just did ball warm-ups every day and uh we enjoyed doing them we had fun they're competitive and we he really helped me prepare for games and um he was super supportive and it would have been a two-way streak if he was playing so i think that was a big part of it it's awesome to hear so many things we can pull on and we're going to get into that uh that partnership a little little bit later i think um Okay, so Dylan, tell me about the warm-ups. What did you get them doing, and, and how are they competitive? Give us, uh, imagine we've got a a 12-year-old kid here or something, and and you want to give them an idea what they could be doing with their partner at the rink next week. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like a, a duel, like kind of, we came up to it uh, with the drills together kind of thing. We kind of both seen, like, and done, like, different drills in the past, and, you know, we just kind of, first day we, we decided just to do some together just to get warmed up and been doing them, you know, every day since then. So we kind of just had two tennis balls. Sometimes we'd use like these basketball racquetball things. We were kind of switching back and forth because I like the racquetballs better and, and Devin likes the tennis balls. So uh, <laughs> we'd switch back and forth between those, but we pretty much just like throw to the same hand and, and throw to the opposite hand. And then, um, and then we'd switch to just one ball and we'd throw it wherever and kind of reactionary thing. And, takes about like I think like seven or so minutes we do that right before practice right before we go on the ice and definitely a lot of fun and you know it's it's too bad that you know we won't be able to do them again for for a long time anyway okay well you talked warm-up you pulled on on that thread so let's go here that was seven minutes of ball Devin you got to tell me how we can turn seven minutes of ball training into three and a half hours of getting ready (laughs) to go on the ice you're you're legendary already can, can you run our listeners down for, for what you're doing to get ready to go on the ice each day? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So my preparation is actually, it's actually longer than three and a half hours. It starts the night before. Um, so it's it's sort of just getting myself in the mindset to play the night before, just, um, just picturing how the game's going to go, visualizing, making saves, and just having fun, tapping into to my love for the game, and really going to bed excited for the next day, excited to wake up and um, excited to get out of bed and on game days I, I'm not a very good morning person um, in general uh, I struggle with getting up in the morning but um, on game days I jump out of bed in the morning and I think I think it's because I start thinking about the game the night before um, and then so we had we had a four o'clock game so uh, on on game days most of our games are at four except for the final game so 
I'd go to I'd go to the rink with the team. We'd have like some uh, some pre scout um, to watch on the other team, and we'd do like a team stretch. Um, so we'd we'd all we'd all be uh, doing that at the rink, and um, we'd we'd go home and I'd take a nap and use use the Normatex that we were given to to get the legs ready. And then the three and a half hours starts um, when I get to the rink um, after that. So I mean, we'd eat as as a team, um, and then we'd go to the rink and. Then the three and a half hour starts. That's when I put my headphones on and really get dialed in. Um, so do you want me to take you through like like what I do in those three and a half hours? You know what? Like it's an all goalie audience here. And I think people are fascinated by that stuff. So if you don't mind, um, I think people would love a rundown of it. And just, yeah, you, you're sure. talking so, to fellow attendees here. So let her go. Yeah, for sure. So so in my preparation, I have three phases. So um, the first phase is getting um getting the body ready the second phase is getting getting the eyes ready um and then the third phase is is getting the mind ready all, all three of these are super key to to play well um and those phases aren't in order i start with i start with like some stretching and some some look some activation just just getting the blood flowing right when i get to the rink um i change into my gitch and um i just get i get moving a bit um, and then that, that leads me into, uh, a little half an hour visualization session. Um, it's less technical. It's more, um, tapping into like my love for the game and going back to past experience where I felt what, where, where, where I felt good. And I felt like I was enjoying myself and playing the best I was able to, and really having fun. And, and we just gotta, we just gotta let everybody who's only listening to this and can't see you know that. Uh, Devin's been smiling since the time we came on here. I don't think he stopped smiling and <laughs> bouncing. So I can see how much you love the game of hockey. This is awesome. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting. Yeah. Keep, keep her going. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah. So I, I, I really try to try to picture that and get into a really good, um, headspace and just, just enjoy, just enjoy what I'm doing, enjoying the warm up, enjoying the process. And so after that, um, when I, when I finish that, it's, it's really, it's really, um, getting, getting the eyes ready. I do my, my, uh, my ball warm up um, by myself. Um, I have a few different things. I do have a pen and I wave it in front of my face. I track the, the, the ball point of the pen. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I, I have some juggling routines, um, some, some off the wall stuff. Um, and then, then once I'm done that, um, Don't I, get to slide in for seven minutes. <laughs> yeah yeah but uh not yet though we have, oh, okay. uh, we have team video we have we've have team video and team meeting um go over some stuff that uh go over some pre-scouts on on the other goalie and then on the, on the other team and what we have to do to, to 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 have success and and then we do our off-ice warm-up and then Dill comes in um and 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 it's it's that's that's the last part of my warm-up before getting dressed on the ice and I think the reason we put it at the end was because it it's it was just like a fun competitive game. So once once you put in all the work work in your preparation and you're prepared you're prepared to play, you you finish it off with some fun and get get the blood flowing, get the compete going. And it's it just puts you in 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 a headspace to play, just to have fun, because that's all you should be thinking about on game day, just having fun and stopping the puck. And uh we we had some some competitions, like we'd count our points. First guy to drop the ball would uh would give a point to the other guy and 
um, we, we, it was, it was competitive like that. So that was fun. It was a fun way to, to just, uh, to just go on the ice afterwards and have fun. Oh, that's, that's awesome. That sounds really appreciate that. I think guys are really going to enjoy that. What's, uh, what's in the headphones when you get the tunes going to get you ready? Um, yeah, I just listen to, to, to music. I like, uh, I'm, I'm more of a rap guy. So I listen right. to Will TJ. some of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will TJ, yep. Yeah, love that guy. Do you open you up to some um, new stuff there, Dylan? Yeah, he plays <laughs> the same song when when he goes in the ice bath the night before. He plays the same song every time he gets in. So I had to listen to that. I had to give him my phone once because he couldn't find his. But <laughs> all right, we'll have to publish Devin's uh, warm up playlist here for everybody at some point. <laughs> um, sure. Okay, so you guys talked a lot about learning and what this has done for you, Dylan. Um, Talk to me about what you learned from your goalie coach there, Jason LaBarbera. What did, what did he teach you? Is there anything you were able to to put into play? Because I, I know in a short tournament, that's a little bit tough, but you had a little bit more time together. Did he did he ask you to make any adjustments at all? And did you, did you take anything away from that? Yeah, Barb's was great. I mean, you know, I think first and foremost, like he's such a good guy. And, you know, I think all three goalies, you know, definitely liked him a lot. And, you know, we all had great relationships with him. And, um you know, like you said, I, I got a little bit more time with, with Barb's than, than Devin probably did, uh, you know, going on the ice in the mornings on game days. And uh, really like what he did was just kind of make sure you're feeling good and, um, you know, make little adjustments here and there, but, you know, nothing game changing. I think, you know, in a tournament like that, you know, he's really good with, uh, you know, having the focus that, you know, you got to be ready to play and, you know, he just wants you to feel good. So if you have to play, then, then you can perform. So, um, you know, that's kind of, you know, his focus. And, uh, you know, every time I, I went on the ice with him, you know, we, we kind of discussed drills and, and stuff that, you know, we wanted to work on and, and stuff like that, uh, you know, to get better. And, uh, you know, we used our time really well. So yeah, Barb's was great. I know, you know, Devin really liked him as well. And, um, you know, I think he was a, a key part in, you know, the goalie success, you know, more specifically Devin's, but, um, you know, all three of us definitely had a blast on the ice and, uh, yeah, Barb's, Barb's was great. What part part of that we talked about the pre scout in in the uh, in that warm up for you, Devin? Um, what wh- what are they giving you? What sort of stuff are they talking about for for the goaltender specifically to be thinking about heading into a game? Yeah, so uh, they we go over uh, their power play um, and just like what they like to do, their tendencies, um, their tendencies off the rush. Um, if they like to hit a late guy or they like to drive or um, set plays that they have. Um, set plays off of face-offs, what they like to do in the O-zone, um, just stuff like that. That's more of the stuff that I pay attention to. They really give us everything. We have a goalie. We have a pre-scout on the other goalie for the players to know where to shoot. Um, and we have a pre-scout on, on their penalty kill as well for our power play to, to know how to uh, generate some offense. So they, they really gave us everything we needed to succeed. And it was, it was unreal, the, the amount of information and... Uh, good information they gave to us and it it really helped and yet you just want to go on the ice and have fun and not be thinking too much so how do you how do you put those two things together i mean obviously it worked um how are you able to take that information in and then also sort of leave it aside when you hit the ice yeah you put the work in and the preparation before you get on the ice and once you're on the ice you trust that it all comes out and you have fun that's that's really the key recipe for me um i like i like i put in the work um and I like doing it in practice. I, I pre-scout and I don't think about that on game day. I trust that I'll remember and it'll come out. 
and I trust myself to to be able to 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 be able to perform. Um, and uh, it's just the the less you think, sometimes sometimes there's there's beauty and simplicity, and um, you dumb your game you dumb your game down to to just square set, see the puck, stop the puck, um, and then you just trust that everything you've been working on comes out. You put that into action for sure. Um, as we're talking about warmups, Dylan, you've told us before, but it hasn't come out on the podcast. You've got a bit of a unique warm-up desire when you're out there on the ice. And I know it's a long, long way off, but one day you're going to be super qualified for beer league because you like guys shooting at your head in the warm-up. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Where does it come from and uh and why you're doing it? Yeah, it all started when uh, you know, I first went to Kamloops, the uh, goalie coach there. Uh, you know, we always do these couple of drills uh, at the start of every practice and you know for our hands warm up we we kind of just have pucks at the top of the circle and you shoot a glove blocker and then the shooter shoot at your head and it just forces you to to track obviously you catch it so it doesn't actually hit you in the head but uh that's where it aiming but uh <laughs> yeah it just forces you to track and and stuff like that and you know something that i've really enjoyed and you know, i i actually didn't really take that uh into you know the team canada practices i didn't want to you know, changed uh, one of Barb's drills or anything like that. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, a necessity or anything like that, but, you know, not on team Canada. It's, it's something that, you know, I do pretty much every day. So. Oh, I was just going to say, Devin, what, what do you think about headshots in the warm up? But you didn't I mean, see we, it. We talked, we talked about a lot of things, but he never told me that. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I see, I see where he's coming from. Like just, uh, like the reactionary part of it, um, just catching pucks no matter where it is and not uh, not moving away from pucks, going into pucks and not being scared to, to make a save. Um, that's pretty cool, actually. Never thought of that. Definitely tracking it in, too. Um, yeah. Okay, so Devin, I'm really curious. Like, You haven't gotten an NCAA game in yet, have you? Or have you, have you had one since you got home? No, no, I haven't. So, so that was a big jump, Junior A, to to the world stage here at the World Juniors, and I'm I'm curious. Um, do you think people don't give Junior A the credit it deserves? I think so. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's a good it's a good league. The CJHL, there's some really good players that come out of there, and um, I I I had a I had a good year last year and played against some good players, and I felt like I I improved a lot throughout the year, and I think for goalies. Um, it's not always chasing the highest level, the highest shot. It's really building a foundation for yourself um, and really understanding the game. And you don't you don't need the the best shooter in the country to to learn how to play the game and learn how to understand the game. Um, I took that upon myself last year um, to 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 be able to improve and to to really um, up my game. Even though um, I wasn't playing major junior. Junior A was a great challenge still, and it's a very good league. And I, I really think I, I formed a good foundation for me moving forward. And I think that that helped my uh, my transition to to the World Juniors for sure. So you said you took it upon yourself to use that opportunity. Um, can you can you again goalies only here? So can you tell me a little bit more about what that looks like? What, what did you do specifically to to help you learn the game better at that level? Yeah, for sure. I mean. I, I I started off to to a good start last year um, and uh, it's easy to to get uh, a bit overconfident and feel like uh, feel like you should be playing a higher level 
Um, and I never, I, if that ever popped into my mind, I never let myself think that because, um, I, I tell myself, um, if I, I shouldn't, I, I'm not good. I'm not too good for this level unless I'm getting a shutout every single game, which it wasn't the case. So I knew there was always something to learn. Um, and I treated every game same. I treated every puck the same, whether it was in practice or in game, every shot had equal value. And that's something, that's something that's important to me. Um, and Dylan does that super well too. Just watching him compete on every single puck, I'm sure every shot has equal value to him too. And I think that helps. Um, that that you you learn so much in practice, and uh, there's a lot a lot to be learned in games. But technically, to to further push your game, I think that happens in practice. Your technical game, at least. Um, and really taking upon myself to 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 watch video and to. Uh, to try to stop every single puck and to compete on every puck was um was I think something that brought me success and I just had fun doing it. That's what it came down to. I just enjoyed my time uh, on the ice and I stayed out as long as I could. First on, last off. Yeah, yeah, always. Okay, so boys, this one's never from the our first host. one on, but oh, it's always late. He's never first one on. <laughs> <laughs> I get on when I'm able to, but I I uh, I, I definitely try to stay out uh, as long as I can. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for the sewer. Nice. Wait, <laughs> how come you're late? Is it the three and a half hour routine? You got to yeah, get back to three yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I try to try to pack too much in in the time that I'm given before practice. Uh, but no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not late. Uh, I'm not late to practice. I, I, I get on on time. I, the coaches would kill me if I was late. Uh, but uh, sometimes, sometimes close call. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for that, Dylan. That was awesome. Uh, okay, so this one is from our host uh, Darren Millard, and he wanted to know um, from both of you: What is something that you like about the other guy's game? And maybe something you would add to yours that you've learned from the other, and and we've alluded to a few of them, but but let's get specific here, and uh, we can start with you, Dylan. What, what have you seen in Devin that you you might add to your game? Uh, I really like you know his his athleticism and also like his edge work, and you know something that I really liked about him is kind of like when you he makes a save, he's able to kind of pop up quickly, kind of stay low, and like get back to his feet so he can make a push and and be athletic and. You know, that's something that, you know, I want to, I would like to add to my arsenal. I'm kind of a long ways away from there, but, you know, I'm working on it. Um, you know, I definitely asked Devin for a couple tips on that and, uh, you know, he kind of shared, but um, yeah, I, I really like that about his game and, you know, his, his compete, like he competes so hard in, in practice. And, you know, even if you ask some of the guys, uh, you know, they've even said in some of their interviews, like he's really hard to score on in practice. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I want said about me too. So, you know, I kind of, kind of pushed me to to compete and you know um yeah just just try to be the best and stop every puck i can so those are a couple things i really like about his game but um yeah other than that it's we're pretty similar i think can definitely see some of the similarities devin what did you uh take away from dylan's game that that you want to see more of from yourself yeah so it's actually funny so what he took out of my game i thought i took out of his game oh right um So watching, so I was, I was in my own group to start uh camp. I was in the NCAA group and I saw, I, I saw him practice for, for a week, maybe a bit longer. And 
I was like, holy crap, this guy doesn't lend a shot in practice. He he refuses to lend a goal. Um, and that when I when I got on there, I was like, I took that upon myself to 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 really make sure I'm competing even harder in practice too. Um, and I, I really like that about G. He uh he wanted to stop everything and you could just see it in in practice and uh he plays like he practices and um I think I try to do the same as well. And uh like you said, we're very similar in a lot of aspects, not only on the ice but off the ice. We think the game the same. Um and one one technical thing that I really took out of him that I mentioned before was being over your puck. Um I feel like I did an okay job before this camp being over my puck, but really watching him, how he stays over it, um, doesn't doesn't get beat high easily because he's so over it. Um, I think I applied that into my game as well when I got there. Um, and I think that that gave me some can, can you explain can you explain for somebody who's listening who doesn't necessarily have have all the lingo down what, what do you mean by over the puck what's that look like so the there's there's a difference between getting over your puck and being behind your puck so you never want to be behind your puck um meaning um your your chest is flat you're leaning backwards it's hard to track down you want to be over it you want to be tilt over over the puck you want to track down um and you want to get your shoulders down on the puck so that nothing beats you up high. Um, he does a really good job at that. And that helps him, that helps him with his tracking. He's, he's probably one of the best, uh, trackers, um, I've, I've been able to watch. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really cool to watch. I think he sees everything. Um, and, uh, I, I tried to, uh, I tried to, to focus on my tracking a lot at the camp too. Have you guys had a day you haven't spoken since you left? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, we speak a lot. <laughs> Good, good partnership. Okay, so it's clear you're both super dedicated to goaltending, to improving your game, improving your craft. Um, is there something you're doing today that you wish you knew or you wish you were doing when you were quite a bit younger? Again, I don't know, 10, 12 years old. What would you like to say to 10 or 12 years old Dylan or Devin? And Dylan, maybe we'll start with you first again. You know, that's honestly a question that, you know, I kind of thought about a lot and it's something that I kind of ask, you know, like if I'm got the opportunity to ask like an NHL guy, that's always like a question I'd ask him is, you know, if you're back in junior or whatever, what would you have done to kind of make it easier? But honestly, like there's not really like an answer. Like, I think it's just kind of learning through, through your experience and, you know, coming, becoming more mature and, and growing over the years and, and growing with your game that you kind of find those answers yourself and, you know, everyone's different. So it's pretty important to, find what works for you. And, you know, it's, it's important to be creative and, and try to learn as, as much as you can and try to get better. But um, honestly, like there's, there's not really much of an answer. Like, I think it's, it's just important to try to get better and, and have fun doing it. I think, you know, if you're not having fun, then you know, you're not going to be motivated to get better. So honestly, there's, there's not really an answer. I don't think. Evan, what do you think? It's a good question. It's a really good question. Um, and, I think what I would say was um, I used to be I used to be super nervous as a kid going into games, um, even like the week of the game. Um, I'd I'd be I'd be nervous. I'd I'd wanna I want to give myself the best opportunity to play well, and I expected I expected a hundred percent out of myself every game, and it it used to scare me not being able to to play well on a given night and uh, what that would mean for me. So I think maybe giving yourself a break. Um, 
understanding that um, there's highs and lows that you you can't ask perfection out of yourself. You could only you could only ask yourself to get better. Um, and every failure that you you come upon is is a blessing because it's a lesson in the end. Um, and you learn a lot from your failures. So um, what I what I learned um, talking to um, our sports sports psychologist at this tournament was being able to play with your B plus game and being able to play well. Um, and for me, I've always been a guy that tries to feel like an A plus every single game because I know that if I feel like an A plus, I'm going to stop the puck. But understanding that you could still stop the puck if you're not if you don't feel a hundred percent. It's it's a puck. You just have to see it to stop it, right? You've done it so many times before. You could do it again. And letting letting myself off the hook with that, with with like searching for perfection, letting myself off that hook really calm the nerves down and it, it sort of helps you trust yourself a bit more. Um, so if, if I were, if I were younger, I, I would love to know that um, it would, it would have definitely made me less nervous and really understand that it's a process and not, not just a one time thing. You, it's not like a do or die game, every single game. It's, it's a process and you learn from it. Nobody's going to remember the score of your eight year old game 20 years from now. Exactly. Just the process. Um, I, I really like the B plus game analogy. I think that's a great one. And it sort of leads into something that I'm going to ask you in a second, Dylan. Um, although for sure you're on your A plus game through that whole tournament, Devin, I think the one of the great things about how you play the game is that you probably could be on your B plus game because you're in position all the time and you don't rely on those crazy diving saves that I'm sure you can make, but, but you keep it simple. And, and Dylan, that leads into the question I have. And, and I was sitting with another goalie coach the other day in a dressing room and a head coach walked in and he looked at me and he said, um, so you're a goalie guy. I want to know, what did you think about Levi's performance? Was it as good as people are saying? Cause I don't see he has to make very many tough saves. And the other goalie coach and I looked at each other, then looked at the coach, both of us without hesitation. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was as good as people are saying. Um, but Dylan, can you explain what it was as goalies we loved about that performance. Yeah, I think, you know, just like how how easy he makes it look. Like he does like pretty much everything well, starting with his tracking. I think, you know, he tracks the puck so well. Um, and that kind of just leads into everything. And like you said, his positioning's there. Not much to shoot at if you're a shooter. Like you're kind of intimidated by that. There's seems like there's no net and and there really isn't. And you know, his skating's really good as well. Like East West passes like he's fast and he gets there quick and he's set and he's squaring in position. And then, and overall he just makes it look easy. So I can see where, you know, non goalie people think it's, he's not really doing as much, but it, he's just making it look that way. And, and pretty much during that whole tournament, like he looked perfect and he pretty much was perfect. So, um, you know, it's definitely, it's like pleasing to, to goaltenders eyes for sure. I think, um, you know, and I was pretty lucky to kind of witness it firsthand from from the best seat in the house and and in practice every day. Yeah, really good tickets, but I think next year that's not the seat you're going to be sitting on. So you're going to, have <laughs> to put it into performance yourself. Um, Devin, is that about wrap it up for you? Is that is that what what the goal is? Using your athleticism to make it look simple. I mean, yeah. I mean, he he hit it spot on, and I mean, it means a lot to hear that from 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 a guy like him um and i i just try to, to keep my game simple and 
uh, I just try to play uh, play like I do in practice. And in practice, I focus on my tactical game, being square, being set, just making it look easy. If I need to rely on my athleticism and make a desperation save, um, I, I, I have trust in my ability that I can. Um, but that's in my toolbox. So I just try, I try to play simple and I just try to try to be in front of the puck um, and be square to the puck the whole game and just dumb it down to see the puck, stop the puck. Um, and that's what it comes down to for me. I think I probably know what the answer is going to be, but I'm, I'm curious. Um, was there a different approach ever depending on the opponent? I mean, the pre-scout might tell you they have different tendencies and, and they might play the game a little bit differently. Does that change anything for Devin? No. Um, it's it's really uh, just uh, just something to be aware of, um, just their tendencies. Uh, I know uh, it's just something to, to, to look at before the game, just so you're not surprised by anything. It's less of something to expect, more of something to, to, to just get used to seeing so that if you see it again, uh, you'll be able to make the save. But I just went into every game. Um, like it was the same game, honestly. I just felt like I was playing the same game over and over and over again. It's just the game that I love. Um, and I think that 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 helped relieve pressure when we got into the the medal rounds. Um, I I honestly didn't feel like it was that big of a transition going from playing uh in the round robin to to going to play um Czech, Russia, and then um USA in the finals. Perfect approach. Okay, let's change gears here just a little bit. Who's better at Sense Arena? <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, he is. Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay, yeah. Dylan, tell me about it. What's your experience? Uh, I really liked it a lot. Obviously, you know, both Devin and I are, you know, the type of guy to, you know, be really interested in it and want to give it a try. So, you know, when Barb's kind of contacted the guy and, you know, they set us up with one, we were, we we're both super excited for it. Uh, I know Devin was pretty excited for it. He snatched it out of Barb's hands as soon as they got there. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think we pretty much used it almost every day. Uh, you know, it was really cool to see the whole arena and stuff like that. And then, you know, kind of be stopping pucks when you're not really actually stopping pucks. It's, it's pretty cool. And, you know, for me anyways, like I, I can notice a difference when, you know, I use that in the mornings and then in the afternoons you go on the ice to, to skate, just kind of helps your tracking and staying patient. And then, you know, kind of seeing the pucks all the way in and helps with your reaction speed. So I liked it a lot and, you know, I definitely enjoyed my time with it. And, uh, you know, I had to teach De uh, Devin a, a lesson or two in, in some of those drills for sure. <laughs> Devin, do you think it translated to the ice? Well, obviously um, it didn't completely because you're good on the ice and it sounds like you struggled virtually, but uh, <laughs> did, did it help? <laughs> so this is what happened. So I, I got my hands on it first, right? And I was I tried it on and it was the coolest thing ever and I was having fun. But I was like, holy crap, this is hard. I can't make a blocker save. I was like, Del, you're going to try this and you're going to get lit up. And he takes it and he was, he was making saves. I was like, how is he doing this? Um, and then the more, the more I used it, the more, um, I really understood like the, so it's a bit different from being on the ice. Um, mm -hmm. it feels a bit different, obviously it's a virtual world, but it's actually scary how close it is to, to really feeling like the real deal. It's really scary. It's, it's a great warm up, Like, like G said before, uh, before going on the ice, like they do a really good job at making a trajectory um, to watch on the puck. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's it comes at you fast. It comes at you really fast. And it does. You could read the stick blade, and um, it's it's a good warm up for sure. I think uh, we we used it a lot. We we had a lot of fun with it. Um, and I, I think I think it helped um, for sure. Gone gone going on the ice later in the day, and I'd love to get my hands on one of them um, here at 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 school just to, just to have just an extra tool. Yeah, you might have to make that warm up four hours when you do that. <laughs> Okay, you guys have uh, you guys are a good buddy, so so let's try something here. We want to see, um, and I, and I realized that. I mean, I could tell from some of the the text messages and so on during the tournament, um, Dylan, that you guys were getting along great. But I I loved your shout out on social saying that uh, Devin was the best goalie partner um, you'd ever had. Apologies, Dylan Ferguson. Um, that uh, and and so I thought we'd have a little fun, and there was a there was a a, a little. Um, game show on TV when I was growing up where they'd get married couples on and they'd have to answer questions about each other to see who knows who. And, uh, and it was a little fun. So let's, let's just try something here. I'm going to ask um, five or six questions here and maybe you could write down what you think the answer is about the other guy. And then we'll come back and compare answers when, when we're done. How does that sound? I'm going to start, I'm going to start really easy. Uh, what is your partner's current team? Who does he play for? Better get that right. Dylan, the compass is involved in the answer here. You better get the right compass here. Yeah. Second question. Who drafted your partner in the NHL and in what round? Oh, Devin didn't even know this the first time we talked about it. Yeah, let's see if he remembers. <laughs> you're going to get a little bit harder, maybe. We'll see. Uh, what is your partner's hometown? I don't know if you're going to have to be specific with the right answer for Devin here, Dylan. I know it. Kind I know of a it. suburb, right? Oh, you really know this, right? Right down yeah, specifics. I know. Good. Um, favorite food? <laughs> I don't even know if we talked about this. You just see what he liked in the chow line before game or something too. Yeah. And yes, I know you two are competitive, so we're going to see who gets the best score here. Favorite video game. I think we already know the answer for the next question on Devin, but Dylan, you can get a point on this one anyway. Uh, favorite song, favorite music, favorite group. Pick out one of them. What's on the, what's on the phone to listen to for warm up? Now we're going to get a little goalie geeky here. What glove break does your partner have? Oh, we know this one. That's good. an easy one. Good, good, good. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. We've and are you using a game ready or a pro palm? Next one you've probably talked about too. Skate hollow. What do you sharpen your skates at? Your partner, that is. We definitely talked about that. This guy chews up the crease. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then last. <laughs> and I'm just going to make it a little tougher. It might be too tough this way, but we'll see. Uh, you can't pick the team that drafted you. But who was your favorite goalie growing up? So Devin cannot pick Roberto Luongo, who works for the team that drafted him. I know you know what the team is, but I'm not going to say it yet. Dylan will extend that. You don't have to say Henrik Lundqvist. I know he's not there anymore, but... Yeah. Okay, that's it. So here we go. Let's see. Let's see. I think I'm nine for nine on this. Right, you're nine for nine. Dylan, are you nine for nine? Uh, I think I might be questionable on two of them, but... I think the rest of them I've got. Okay, so let's go back. Uh, we'll, we'll start. Um, Dylan, current team for your partner, Devin. Northeastern with the sad Northeastern. face. Northeastern. Northeastern, sad face. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got a point there. <laughs> Devin, how about you? They're holding the answers up to the camera for everybody who's just listening to this. Devin? Uh, cat loop blazing. Right on. So we got one point each. We're going to have to put that in on the video. Ding. Uh, team drafted by and round. Devin, you got to start here. New York Rangers, fourth round. Dylan? 
I put Florida round seven, and I think it was two twelve. Whoa, you yeah, going for the bonus point? Yeah. Uh, this could be the tiebreaker, oh, Devin. Was it? Was it one oh four? Oh no, one oh three. Oh, nice. Oh. nice. <laughs> So while we're talking talking about that, um, have you guys had any advice from from the teams that drafted you? Any chats? I know we heard in the press a little bit from you, Devin. Dylan, have you heard anything from the Rangers? And what have you taken away from that? Yeah, I had a couple of messages from the player development guy, uh, the goalie development guy there, and uh, also the director of player personnel reached out frequently and, you know, just kind of checking in and, you know, just telling me to enjoy it and, you know, kind of take in all the moments and, you know, learn as much as you can and then really just enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, pretty good from, from them. Devin, you've heard from Roberto. Yeah. His biggest message was just enjoying the moment, um, and not taking it for granted. Um, and he, he made me realize that'd be an experience I'm going to look back on for the rest of my life. And it's an experience I'll, I'll never get to experience again. So just taking, taking everything I could out of it, being present, um, and enjoying the moment was uh, was something that he mentioned that that really hit me. And one thing I really liked, and we can lead this into the answer for the next one. I think you're both two for two, but we've got the bonus point to uh, to one of you here. Um, that wasn't the first time you'd heard from Roberto. You got to meet him in your hometown, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Tell us about that. And now tell us your hometown. Um, oh, I got to answer that, don't I? Oh, yeah. Go for oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dylan, the hometown is? Yeah. Dolar de Ormo. Whoa. <laughs> Devin, how's the French accent? Can you do it properly for us? Uh, dollar des Ormeaux. Uh, très bien. Uh, in English, dollar des Ormeaux. Uh, <laughs> G kind of got it. Yeah. Kind of got it. Maybe a half point for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I got to meet him um, in Montreal. Uh, he was, I think it was right after his his uh, Stanley Cup playoff run with uh with vancouver when they'd lost in the finals um and i think i think it was at a rink he he was uh working with some goalies maybe hit a goalie camp and um my my uh my buddy pointed him out and told me that uh he look it's roberto luongo and i was freaking out and we went up to him and um i introduced myself and said hi uh, and, uh, I, the, I remember he gave me two fingers when I went to shake his hand because two of his fingers was the size of my whole hand. At the time. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, That's awesome. yeah, so it was, it was a great, it was a great experience. He's such a good guy. He was coming off a loss too. And he was so, uh, he was such a genuine guy. He was in a good mood and, uh, he's just a, he's just a really good person. Have you reminded him of that moment since? Yeah, yeah, nice. I, I, that, he called me right after the draft, um, and that was like one of the first things I actually said to him. <laughs> right on, <That's> awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Devin, got to go back in the other direction. Dylan's hometown. So he's from Victoria. Okay, he got the suburb that you live in. Can you get his? Uh that no, that's as close as I could get, but he's definitely from Victoria. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. Might have a tiebreaker <laughs> there too. Um, okay, favorite food, Dylan. What's Devin's favorite food, do you think? Uh, I don't think we ever talked about it. So I said Jane's chicken strip. <laughs> How do you do, Devin? Uh, he said, uh, <laughs> that's actually funny. He, uh, we, we got this, uh, the, this, this, uh, these, these, uh, these clothes with the, 
with the Jane's logo on it. It's like a sponsorship. Well, that's right. Because uh, they did the masks too, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've been wearing, I've been wearing these, uh, the apparel like every day, just like the hoodie, the hat. I'm wearing it right now, actually. So <laughs> he always jerks me for it. So have you tried them? <laughs> no, I, I actually haven't. I must have as a kid though, but I haven't, uh, I haven't had them in a while. Okay. We've all got some uh, homework. We've all got some homework then. I mean, Dylan, you probably didn't get the favorite food. Devin, what is it? I think I think it's mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. All right. <laughs> okay. So so <laughs> is here it? we go. Oh oh for oh, Dylan. No, what, what, no, literally. What's your favorite food, Devin? What's the right oh, answer? Oh, my favorite food. It's a good question. I would say Mexican, like a, a taco or a burrito. Um, it's taco I Tuesday love that. Today. We we got. Yeah, we got we got we got a Taco Tuesday uh, in in the bubble also, and I've been to Chipotle a few times since I've been back. Uh, more than a few actually, but um i think i think g's favorite food is mashed potatoes i remember at the at the in the meal room whenever there's mashed potatoes he'd have a full plate of mashed potatoes with gravy on top and he loved his mashed potatoes so i think we got the right answer there did we dylan no not my nope. favorite but <laughs> no. I, li- I like Come mashed on. potatoes my favorite steak i would say steak's my favorite mashed potatoes could go with it oh, yeah. there you go Devin, it shows you don't hold any hard feelings because you've been to Chipotle a bunch since that game against the U.S. And what was all over their helmet? Yeah, I know. I know. It's uh, definitely not not ideal, but um, I live with a guy who might never go to Chipotle again if that happened to him. (laughs) Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Okay, how about uh, Devin? What's uh, Dylan's favorite video game? Have you guys gamed together? Sense Arena, for sure. Sense Arena. Oh, good plug. (laughs) Good plug. That is my favorite. That is my favorite video game. Let's go. <laughs> Dylan, how about Devin? Uh, the gun game that we had on our VR set. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually the coolest game I ever played. We, Do you know we, what it's uh, So on the VR, uh, I, don't no, I, I don't know what it's called. But we, on the, on the, on the censoring of VR, uh, the, the thing we got, um, one of the applications was censoring, but we also downloaded this gun game. It was a free gun game, um, and it's like you the, the controller's like a gun, and like you you could like throw it up and catch it, and like it was so much fun. It was the coolest game I've ever played. So uh, yeah, that that is probably my favorite video game. Fringe <laughs> benefits of goalie training devices. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, give you, we'll give you both a point there. I think. Um, okay, music. Dylan, I think you got this one right already, but let's just review it for the record. Yep. Lil TJ, specifically YN. FN. FN? FN. Close. Yeah. Oh, it might be another half point deduction here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Devin, how about the other direction? Um, so I know he's a big pop guy, radio music. Uh he's he likes rap, but he he wouldn't listen to it uh for for pregame. Uh I'm not sure exactly which song though. Oh, no, Dylan. I don't even know. You don't have one? I don't really have a favorite song. All right, close enough. Close <laughs> enough. We're just, ha- we're just we having fun here. We talked about it, though, anyway. yeah. Yeah, Dylan, I don't know. Maybe it's Kamloops. I had you for a country guy. <laughs> I am not a, I'm not really a country guy. <laughs> okay, let's get into the goalie stuff here, boys. Um, Dylan, what is Devin's uh, glove break, and what glove does he wear? He had a couple gloves, but he will use a 580 for sure. We we talked about that a lot, and... Uh, I almost got one off him to try, but uh, maybe down the road. And 
Uh, he used the E-Flex 5 glove, and but he also had a true glove too. So, uh, Is that a game ready or a pro palm? It's game ready. Devin? So you got it right? So, yeah, yeah. That was, that was, he hit the nail on the head. There you go. Okay, so what's Dylan using? All right, so he started off camp with a with a true a white true glove. It was a five ninety, um, and that's that's what started our first conversation. Actually, I asked him about that, um, and then he transitioned. He tried a CCM uh, five ninety Pro Palm um, for I think one day, and then he went. He got a new set of trues, um, and. Uh, so he got his new uh, his new glove that he used during the tournament. It was also 590 Pro Palm. He kept it consistent. Uh, but yeah, right on. Good job, guys. Dylan, you thought the uh, the true glove was money. You said, yeah, it is money. It feels unreal on your hand, and the pocket on that thing is so good. Like I am so happy that I got to use it, and yeah, I'm definitely gonna keep using it. It's so good. Right on. And Devin, got to give a little love to CCM too, though. We signed the new E-Flex 5. What would you think of them? Yeah, I like them. They're they're a good pad. I was really used to them because I've been using uh, CCM my whole life. Um, so I didn't. I, I, I tried the true ones, but I didn't want to change anything uh, for the tournament. I did really like the true pads too, as, though, as well. Mm-hmm. Good, good to not change things up too quick going into a pretty important tournament. Um, yeah. Okay, Skate Hollow. What's Dylan Skate Hollow? Um, I'm pretty sure he he uses uh, five eights, not crazy sharp, because he doesn't yep. beat up the creek. That is not crazy sharp, <laughs> Dylan. Right. Did he get it right? Yeah, five eights. Yeah. How often do you sharpen them? Uh, once once or twice a week, probably. Okay. And and how about the guy who mashes up the crease? Oh, He's on a knife edge. First day I skate with this guy, I had to ask him because he digs the crease sore. He uses a half inch. And he digs the crease like you can't even go in there after, and you can't even move because there's holes in the crease everywhere. Even that's not crazy sharp, so that's uh, it takes some work to do that. Yeah, all right. Big legs. Do, I, do either? How, how often, <laughs> Devin? How often do you uh, sharpen them? Um, I have them. I have a fresh sharpening before every game, and um, it, in practice, uh, it doesn't matter as much as long as they're they're usable. But I like having consistent. Uh, sharpenings for games might might be why you uh mash them up so much okay dylan Probably. who was devin's favorite goalie growing up not including roberto luongo uh pretty easy choice being a montreal kid he did meet him uh carrie price uh devin did he get it right yeah he did get it right okay devin who's dylan's favorite goalie growing up same as mine carrie price carrie price okay good yeah that's awesome. Well, there you go. You guys have a lot in common. Um, who won? Do we know who won this? We should have had a scorekeeper going. Just because you guys I won are competitive. With the extra point. I th- you think so? Yeah. I, Devin, I think are you going to concede here? Or are you guys going to have to go through the video and score it? I later? think we have to go through the video. I'm not going to give that win up that easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we can redo it another day with some some tougher questions for the two of you. That was that was fun, guys. Thanks for being good sports with that, and I, I think it lead, led to some good conversation. I really appreciate you both both taking the time and and you uh, you were really inspiring to a whole country and to um, a, a large group of goaltenders who got to see uh, some incredible performances uh, over the last few weeks and and uh, and really great of both of you to take the time to to help everybody learn a little bit more from you. I think you you really opened up for everybody and they got a chance to get to know you a little bit more and and I look forward to uh, 
staying in touch with you uh, over the years and, and sharing more of you uh, with the audience here at Ingle. So thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thank you. Sense Arena makes its way back into uh, our feature interview brought to you by Sense Arena. And it's not always planned that way. It's just, it's become that big of a, of a tool for goaltenders. Yeah. yeah and uh, we, sorry, Hutch, we, we played a, we may have, we may have played a small role in Sense Arena being there at Hockey Canada. Um, obviously our conversations, we had uh, Jason LaBarbera on the podcast along with um, Jordan Sigalette from the Calgary Flames. Obviously, have a relationship with Jason in the past, and and as they were in their quarantine, and obviously those guys spent a lot of time in quarantine. Happened to mention that hey, if these guys have nothing to do, they might want to think about this. So put him in touch with Sensorina, and they were able to sort of help him out and get these kids set up so they could at least spend some of that time uh, actually getting better rather than just stuck in the hotel room doing calisthenics. So it worked out, and uh, yet another positive review from uh, from from goaltenders that, that that are playing at the highest level. So nice to see when, you know, Hutch did such a great job with the review. Just nice to continue to hear that feedback from all the goaltenders that get an opportunity to try it at the highest level. To, to hear that they're experiencing the same thing that Hutch had in his review is, you know, I just think continued positive confirmation that this is a product that can benefit all goalies. You know, the pandemic is is part of the reason why Sense Arena is such an important tool right now. But what I miss covering the National Hockey League is being in the dressing room, being able to uh, grab uh, a goaltender and talk to them about little trends or what, what they're doing, what they're seeing, what they're using. And I'd love to be able to pick the brains just uh, casually with some of these guys. Uh, and I we can't do that right now. So I'm I'm torn. It's it's incredible to be able to keep everybody up to date, Hutch, uh, and your your tools of the trade. But also, I I can't really get them on a casual note. No, but thankfully we can a little bit through the podcast, so people can right can get a bit of a feel. And uh, that was another one of my favorite moments from the interview because with other guys, we've said, you know, what do you think? What's your experience? And you get some good feedback from them. Um, but I decided to have a little fun and I didn't even ask that question. I just said, uh, who's better <laughs> and, and the competitive nature of the two yeah. of them popped through really quickly and, uh, and they're both, they're both enjoying it quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, an incredible tool. And, uh, I mean, we were on the ice just the other day. Um, and my son skated by halfway through the practice. He just looked at me and he said, sense arena is a cheat code. And he kept skating. Because he was having such a good day tracking the puck after a little warm up before he hit the ice. So, it, as these guys said as well, and we've heard multiple times, um, it translates. It translates, and and can you really say that about a lot of the other work we do? Well, and the, it'd be interesting to see if I can get some feedback from the Edmonton Oilers. You're right, Darren. It has been hard to have these uh, the little side conversations. The the stuff that we like to ask these guys. Mm-hmm. just doesn't work in a Zoom environment with 20 right. other media on there. Like, it just doesn't. And even in some of my attempts to sort of work some of it in, their answers aren't good because they're wary of everybody else who's listening to, to, to them talk as opposed to just having a conversation with another goalie. So anyways, the one little side note on the Oilers is we talked earlier about how hard it's been for them to practice and they're going on the road and they don't have a safety net is their goalie coach, Dustin Schwartz, has taken Sense Arena VR um, on the road with them. 
And that may be one of the ways that they managed or try to keep these guys smart is by introducing it to them as part of this road trip as a way to get their work in and get some tracking and some handwork in. Uh, the other good news is, like Hutch said, podcasts provide us an opportunity to have those conversations. And we have an absolute beauty next week with Devin Dubnik that gets into all those great little details from gear to training uh, to experience, uh, all the things that we can't ask on these league-wide Zoom calls, Darren. We get into it with Devin Dubnik next week on the Ingle Radio podcast. I can't wait. And uh, one more shout out to Doug because he gave a great review on Instagram this week. Uh, Hutch's uh, Golden Retriever. Uh, how do you get the, the Sensorina headset? on him uh i it was kind of a funny story because i have to go through the review very thoroughly as we're putting the thing together but we also have this fairly new golden retriever and you know what puppies like to do they like uh, to chew, chew on things yeah. yeah so the sensorina comes with these um fabricated hard plastic they call them sleeves that hold the controllers onto your gloves so that if you want to use your goalie gloves while you're training you can do it so that these vr handsets can attach to the goalie gloves and uh, i left one of the gloves uh, not the controller um downstairs and uh came back and doug was chewing on the uh controller <laughs> or not the controller excuse me the sleeve and it was demolished and i was really uh upset and embarrassed um finished the review without needing to use that uh, fortunately and eventually I sort of, um, like a dog crawled back to sense arena with my tail between my legs. And I said, here's what happened guys. Happy to pay for it. Just, just, is it possible to get one? And, uh, and they said, oh, we love dogs. Uh, not a problem at all. We'll ship another one out to you. Um, but in payment, you have to send us a picture of the dog. <laughs> and so I oh. thought I'd have a little fun with it. And we put the headset yeah. on Doug and, uh, it was only momentarily, it was, uh, still photography, not video. And um, sent it to them. I did not expect it to show up on their Instagram story today, but it was it was kind of fun. Listen, if the fact that technology is so amazing isn't enough to convince you to try Sense Arena, the fact they're dog people, like that puts right. it over there. The top. You that, go. Right there. All, all three of us are nodding along. We're all dog people. It's like, all right, that's our kind of peoples. And it goes with the uh, the the theme of uh, of censoring and what we've seen with uh, with goaltenders and the ability to use it to their advantage uh, like a dog in a bone. And uh, Hutch dug his own hole, and he's out of it uh, with the ability to work some magic with Centurina VR. It's a great tool. Enjoy it. Use it. Uh, we encourage it. We back it. It's, uh, it's wildly popular, and it'll help your game. Uh, thanks to uh, Devin Levi and Dylan Garan for joining us on the feature interview today. And Cam over at the Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com, source for sports Surrey. And we look forward to talking goaltending with Devin Dubnik next week on In Goal Radio, the podcast.